0: Howdy guys, I'm Aiden of Blue Catch Productions, and welcome to Aiden on Anchor. Aiden on Anchor is a podcast focusing on my life. I'll tell you a lot about myself and hopefully provide value through experience. You're listening to episode 102 of the show, recorded on March 2nd, 2022, at exactly 6.31pm. And yeah, I'm a little bit late to this episode because uh, that Pokemon news, Scarlet and Violet, Usually I would have covered that the day it got announced, Uh, but believe it or not, I've been busy. Yeah, Aiden busy with something, and not just like a video either, but like Uber Eats has been going really well. The first full week that I did Uber Eats, I made $215, which is the most money I've ever made in a week, not counting like a birthday or something. And uh, yeah, I just get up. I do it from around 11 to two. So only three hours a day and I come back and I can work on other stuff. And it's just nice to have money coming in, you know, nice to have money coming in. And sure, you know, I'm spinning it on video stuff. I got some quick release plates to go on my uh, Elgato multi-mount because the problem with like video stands, in my opinion, is you have to like screw them onto a tripod which is fine if you're just going to leave the camera there and you don't have to like take it off. But I'm always taking it off the Elgato stand, and putting it on my tripod to record videos. And so doing that over and over and over again sucked. But what you can do is you can get these quick release plates that comes with a bottom piece and a top piece. So you screw the top piece into your camera and then the bottom piece lives on your tripod or your stand. And that way you can just click them in together. And then when you want to move it to somewhere else. You just press a little button and it immediately releases. Hence the name. So like they're changing my life. I'm going to be honest with you. Like I, I had ignored them for so long, but given just how much time you save, not having to screw shit in to tripods or screw shit into stands, uh, I'm going to be getting a couple more. I only got like one set of them just to test out the idea to see if it would even fit. And now that I know it fits, I'm gonna be getting a couple more just so I don't ever have to like screw in stuff to a tripod ever again. (laughs) I know it sounds like an immediate sort of first world problem, just like repeating it back to you all, but trust me, time is the number one like enemy of, of video and content creation. The more time you have to spend setting shit up is like the bane of creativity. It's like Aiden on Anchor, right? All I have to do is move my mic arm directly toward me get on audacity hit record and now i'm recording an episode so that's why Aiden on anchor is something i can do quickly i can get the mic and start recording and then edit it in like five minutes and then it's uploaded and whatever you're done right live streaming takes a little bit more work i gotta get the camera set up i gotta have my obs ready i gotta have my stream deck and all the scenes and stuff messed with and then i can start typically that's around a a 30 minute process If I want to record a video, well, then things get even more complicated. Now I have to dedicate about an hour to set up of getting the light stands, the tripod, the camera, the microphone, testing, setting up white balance. If I have to get a green screen, cleaning the green screen, setting that up. And that's all just for one shot where I'm in front of the, the shelf. And then like, you know, if I want to move or do something else or film outside, it's a completely different setup. So little things that help you cut down time and set up is huge. Because if it only takes five minutes to set up, well, hey, you'll be more likely to actually make the thing. And I found that is true with podcasting. It's true with live streaming, as I've made it more and more convenient. And if I can find a way to make the whole video side of things convenient, then that'd be even better. I'm looking into uh, ways to where you can have your entire setup on one stand Because the problem now that I'm having is, okay, you have to have two lights, which are two separate stands. Then you have to get a tripod and set that up. And you usually want the microphone close to you. So while some people have it on a camera, it doesn't sound as good. So a lot of people get another stand to boom their microphone close up to their mouth. So at minimum, that is four different stands that take up a huge amount of space just in your room. And it sucks having to set it up every time and putting it away and putting things in the closet. So what I'm looking into is these one stand setups with a bunch of grips and clamps that basically turn all that nonsense into one stand that can fold up, put it in a corner, set it up. Now it's expensive, you know, granted because you're having to get all the mounting equipment and stuff required, but I have the mic. I have the camera. If I can get the stand and get the pieces together and turn it into like one stand rather than four. Oh man it would be so much better It'd be so much better but that's a challenge for a different day uh, the point of all this was just simply to tell you that uber eats is going well and i'm making money through it and i'm doing it tomorrow but i figured hey night before why not record a little bit of Aiden on anchor why not give an update to the people let them know uh everything's going all right i don't have a funny story to tell <laughs> with Uber Eats. It's, it's actually been a lot more uh, normal. That first delivery was kind of wild, but every subsequent one has been about what I expected. Um, the one caveat that I didn't know going into it was just like, it changes on a dime, man. Everything changes like hour to hour. Like some days I'll make $80 doing four deliveries. And I'm like, wow, that's a pretty good day. The very next day you make $40 doing three. And you're like, okay you know a little bit less a little bit less the day after that twenty dollars two deliveries and it's never consistent the fact of the matter is when you're making minimum wage at a taco bell like even uber's inconsistency still gets you more money than a minimum wage job so yeah if you want to kind of set your own hours and do something fun like that i recommend it you of course have to have a vehicle and uh, pay for gas and everything so not everyone can do it obviously but if you can Highly recommend it. It's a a cool thing to do and uh, something I've appreciated a ton. All right, let's move on now to what most of you probably came to listen to, and that is the announcement of two brand new Pokemon games, Pokemon Scarlet, Pokemon Violet, arriving in late 2022. Gen 9 is here, everybody. It's crazy to think that in the same year we got Pokemon Legends Arceus. We're also... Getting an entire new generation, and they're both massive open world games that are completely different from Sword and Shield and everything that came before in such a short time period. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't think Gen 9 was coming this early. I know a lot of people are like, well, of course it was obvious because every generation takes three year gaps in between. I'm like, yeah, I guess that makes sense, I suppose, but with the Pokemon games getting bigger and they're coming to Switch and how sword and shield felt very rushed. I thought that the strategy going forward was to kind of manage out their time a little bit better. That's why they gave the diamond and Pearl remakes to another studio, right? They were trying to manage their small team and get the most out of development. Um, and now to hear that they were essentially developing Arceus alongside these two new versions. Yeah, uh, man, it's classic game freak. I'm not going to complain about it. I think it's probably a bad deal for everyone involved. Uh, even Arceus for as good as it is, like has some rushed issues regarding polish and presentation. And I can't imagine this is going to be too much better, but one can hope that they take the time to polish this game and it doesn't feel as rushed as, as Pokemon sword and shield. But uh, yeah, I'm still excited. Let's, let's talk about this a little bit. We didn't get to see much. It was a very like early trailer we got to see some areas. Uh, Basically, the region seems to be designed after Spain. So in case you're not like a a major Pokemon fan or whatever, uh, every region is based off of a real life area. For generations one, two, and three, and four, uh, those regions were based off of areas in Japan. And I forget exactly what they're called, but you can look it up. Like each generation one through four has like areas based off Japan and then in generation five they decided to go outside of Japan and base it off of countries so gen five was the U.S. gen six was France gen seven was Hawaii eight was the UK and now this seems to be based off of Spain a country I don't know a whole lot about uh I'll be honest with you like in terms of (laughs) European countries I don't be thinking about Spain that often but uh I get why they picked it because you get a lot of nice distinct areas the fact that like spain is apparently the only like european country to have like a proper desert you know kind of cool the fact that it's also near water and you kind of get mountains like pretty much it always kind of fits into what a pokemon region could be And, and spain just has it all in real life but uh yeah game looks beautiful apparently it will be open world i wasn't for sure if that was the case but reading on the website It says, with these new titles, the Pokemon series takes a new evolutionary step, allowing you to explore freely in a richly expressed open world. So they are using that phrase now. We're not just using wild areas. We're not just using straight linear paths with occasional open areas. They say specifically, this is a open world game similar to Pokemon Legends Arceus. As far as gameplay, we don't really know what Scarlet and Violet is going to be like you would assume with how well Legends Arceus was received and given that these games were developed essentially at around the same time that it would have a similar gameplay system to Legends Arceus, but that's not necessarily a guarantee. A lot of people still kind of consider Legends Arceus to be a little bit of a spinoff. And while I disagree with that, I think Legends Arceus is pretty much a mainline series game in every category that matters this could still very well have the typical Pokemon formula just set in an open world. So we could still have gyms. There could still be an evil team with the only like new caveat being that it's open world, which is like fine and good. But I think a lot of people are going to prefer just the sort of open-ended nature of legends, Arceus of doing research tasks and catching Pokemon. That seemed to be a lot more addicting of a formula than the sort of story I want to be the best gym badge approach and while I enjoy tough battles as well uh later Pokemon generations kind of diminished gyms to the point where you could still have tough battles without them necessarily being gyms like Totem Pokemon and 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 Generation 7 in general uh, did a really nice job of like managing the balance and difficulty without necessarily relying on gyms uh, a lot of the time but who knows? Who knows what they're going to be doing as far as gameplay and structure. I hope it leans more toward Legends Arceus. I would be more excited if that was the case. But the open world part is the most important part, obviously. And uh, i glad we got that. Glad we got that, at least. We'll just have to wait and see. And the only other thing they showed, and I guess this is what all Twitter is talking about, is the new starter Pokemon. We got three of them. There is Fue Coco, Quaxly, and spirit spear got sprigato these pronunciations are horrible uh yeah given the whole spain theme obviously it's not gonna sound great but it's basically grass cat fire crocodile and a, and a duck which is kind of cool each of the starters i noticed are kind of based off of uh, animals that already currently have pokemon so few coco Obviously as a crocodile, we already had a starter crocodile in Totodile. Quaxley, there are several duck Pokemon. You have your Psyduck, your Swanna, Duckling, uh, so water ducks have been around for, for a long while. And uh Sprig the cat, basically. Um, generation seven had linen, which is a fire cat. We've never had a grass cat before but definitely several cat Pokemon over the generations. And uh, yeah, my opinion, they're all cool. I like all of them. There's usually like one I can't stand and simultaneously one that I vastly prefer over the others. But uh, no, that's not the case. I think they're all three strong. Quaxley is great. I love his hair. The cat obviously be having that like weed face. is <laughs> very funny. Uh, I'm always a huge grass starter fan. I'm excited to see what he turns into. And, uh, Fue Coco, um, he's just goofy. He a goofy-looking motherfucker. I assume his, like, evolutions probably is gonna be the most badass of the three. Sort of the dorky ones usually go down that path a little bit. But, uh, yeah, the potential is high. I, th- I think that kind of chili pepper design makes him probably the most unique of the three. The-, the one that hasn't been tapped into as much, even though he's a crocodile. He definitely has some food themes, um specifically with like Peppers and some people even see like an Apple influence. Who knows? But I think all together, this is probably the the strongest set of starters that we've had in a long, long, long time. Generation seven and eight kind of both have their weak points, especially in the later forms. So who knows if they'll actually uh, reach their potential. I'm hoping none of these losers be standing up on, on two legs and we kind of keep them. Looking like animals instead of people. Generation 8 especially had that problem where, like, two of the starters are just people. You know, Cinderace is a soccer player. Uh, The water one, who's horrible and I can't even remember his his name, literally has, like, a sniper rifle and just looks like a person. Like, I I don't want people. You know, I want to still see the animal at the end of the day. Uh, Incineroar is cool, but, like, you know, a lot of people kind of wanted. Lytton and cat to stay on four legs and, you know, look like a tiger. So who knows? We'll see. Point is, I think they're awesome. I think they're cute. Let me know what your favorite is. You can message me on any of the social medias linked in the description below. And uh, let me know if you'll be getting Scarlet and Violet. I guess I'll have to. I didn't get Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. I was waiting to see if Legends Arceus was good. And I've watched, essentially, Zach play through it. And my friend Jay the Zoomster is playing through it. But now I'm like, shit, should I get Legends Arceus? Or should I just wait for Scarlet and Violet? Because I'm definitely getting these. I I live streamed Sword and Shield. I live streamed Ultra Sun and Moon and Sun and Moon. Like I've done every mainline Pokemon generation. Once it comes out, I've live streamed it. So I'd like to kind of keep that tradition going with these new games as well. But uh, dang, Legends Arceus also looks really good. I guess I'll have a whole year to figure it out. But the fact is like so many Pokemon games are coming to Switch in a, in a in a crazy amount of time. The Diamond and Pearl remakes, what came out in like November, then Legends Arceus is January, and then we're gonna have this in late 2022, and maybe even a spinoff in between. Who knows? This is a packed year for Pokemon. Is all I'm saying. It's gonna be a packed year for the Switch in general. This is just another 2022 release that I think potentially could make this the Switch's best year. I mean, think about it, if Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, if Bayonetta 3 comes out, and then you also have, like, Kirby and then Forgotten Land, you have now Scarlet and Violet, Advance Wars, Mario Kart 8 DLC, like, aside from a a standard new Mario, we pretty much have all the major players that, like, make for a good Nintendo year and, uh, who knows? Maybe Mario might show up later down the road. I'm kind of viewing Kirby and the Forgotten Land as, like, the 3D platformer representation, uh, the Mario Odyssey equivalent here, um, but it might not be as good, it might be better, who knows, but definitely, like, Breath of the Wild 2, and, and this, and all the other games coming out, 2022 could be pretty big for the Switch, especially if it all pans out. Legends Arceus panned out, and I was very worried that that would not be the case, so... Who knows? I guess we'll just have to wait and see on that front. But yeah, I think that'll be it. Just wanted to let you guys know, doing Uber Eats, going well. And I wanted to tell you about my thoughts on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Let me know what you think. Will you be getting these at launch? Will you not be getting these at launch? Let me know your thoughts on them as well. And hey, if you want to support the podcast, there's a little support button up there where you can financially donate to the show. Make it better. Make it... More modern and stuff, and uh, hopefully make it a more consistent show. I've been Ain of Blue Catch Productions, and I'm signing off.